Good morning again, and welcome if you've just joined us, whether in person or online. We're in our second week of our series, Carols, and as I was preparing a sermon for this week, it reminded me of a, a major part of Christmas for my family and I, and that's gift giving. And so early on when Pang and I got married, um, I learned that gift giving was a really important part of her family traditions, and it, it was something that she brought over into my family tradition. And I quickly learned, too, that Pang gives very practical gifts like toothbrush, socks, underwear, totally boring gifts, in my opinion. When it comes to Christmas, it should be fun gifts, the trendiest gizmo and gadgets that are around. And so I opt for all the fun things for family and for friends and for our nephews and nieces. But over the last couple years here, I've wanted to explore more timeless gifts, gifts that are maybe higher quality or, or more valuable with a longer lifespan. I also want it to be classy, not just something that's trendy that will last maybe a couple weeks, maybe a couple months at most, but something that is classy that, again, will last more than a couple months. I want it to be something that's life-enhancing, that it will impact the person that receives this gift, that it's going to make life better and we allow them to enjoy life more. And I think I also want to be thoughtful. Because sometimes when we think of a, a timeless gift, we think of something that's simply expensive. And, and an expensive gift is nice, but if it's not thoughtful, sometimes those gifts might not be able to be put to any use at all. Anyone can receive an expensive gift. But again, a thoughtful gift, when it's a timeless gift, again, just makes such a huge impact. And off the top of my head, as I thought about the gifts I receive as, you know, up to this point in my 35 years of life, um, I think about one of the most timeless gifts that I ever received. And back in the 1990s, when I was a little five-year-old, my parents gave me the ultimate timeless gift, at least during that point in my life, which was my Super Nintendo. For about five or six years, that Super Nintendo was an everyday part of my life. Man, the replayability... The, the entertainment that it kept me and my brothers and anyone who came over, I mean, it was a huge part of my life that made a tremendous impact. And then there was a point when I got rid of it for the better and newer video game systems that came out. And so when I was in college, I went to a thrift store, stumbled upon a Super Nintendo, and I was like, oh, man, this thing is so nostalgic, and there's so, so much sentimental value. So I decided to pick one up. And lo and behold, as great as it was many years ago, it's sitting in, my, in one of my shelves collecting dust. And so it was timeless for a moment, but now it's just collecting dust. And so on my search for timeless gifts, I still yet to have to find something that is timeless. Um, but I would love to hear your suggestions. And so if you've got something like, you know, like Kong, I've got the ultimate timeless gift for you. I'd love to hear about that after service. But this morning, I want to take some time to remind us a timeless gift that we have received thousands of years ago when Jesus was born. Jesus was that timeless gift and still is. And when he was born, he also gave us three things that came in a bundle. This bundle were things that we find in the classic carol that we're going to be looking at today, O Come All Ye Faithful. And so as we dive into our second Carol, this, this morning, I want to share the lyrics of the first verse with you all. The first lyrics go like this. 
O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. And in the very first line of the carol, there's three adjectives that I want to turn into nouns that are the gifts that Christ has imparted to us to this day. And those three things in the first line are faithful, joyful, and triumphant. And so if we turn them into nouns, Christ gives us faith, joy, and triumph. And I believe it's these three things that are timeless because they are the valuable, classy, life-enhancing, thoughtful things that Christ has given to us. And so today we're going to be jumping all around the Bible to better understand why these things are timeless. So let's dive into our first one, faith. Now, faith is a timeless gift, and we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 15 to see what it says. And Penny just read this, and so let me read a portion of it again for us. And so Luke chapter 8, verse 15, this is what it says. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them they gone into and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Faith is a major component of what it means to believe in Jesus. It's a major component of what it means to be a Christ follower. See, faith, if we define it, if we, if, we, if we understand it correctly, it means that we consider something, or in this case, someone, reliable and trustworthy, even without seeing it. When we are faithful, we're convinced that the what or the who we believe in is real and it's true, it's reliable, even though we might not be able to explicitly prove it with some or all of our five senses. I believe the shepherds were faithful when the angel informed them that the Messiah was born and they went to go see Jesus. They might not have known the Old Testament promises that, the, that God was promising a Messiah, a Savior to be born, but when the angels told them there's an imparting of the faith for them to believe, to seek out Jesus. And ironically enough, some Bible scholars believe that shepherds were considered to be the most unreliable people back in the days. That they could not be good witnesses or legit witnesses. So you hear you have angels coming to shepherds who were the lowliest in the socioeconomic um, line, who were considered to, to be the ones who you couldn't rely on, and they impart this very important message 
that a Savior has been born. And it's this city. And the shepherds go and they see baby Jesus. And not only do they see baby Jesus, but they go through the rest of the town telling that they saw baby Jesus. And they come back to praise Jesus some more. This idea of faithfulness is sometimes used in marriage. It describes that spouse will trust each other, that they won't cheat with others, even though they can't see, feel, measure this trust. And in similar ways, that demonstrates our relationship with God. We all believe the disciples and the authors who wrote the Bible, who, who um, gave us the Bible, proclaim the truth, and we believe it's reliable and trustworthy without seeing of it any happen, without any of it happening. And that is faith. And I believe that Advent, the season of Advent, as we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ and the return of Jesus Christ, Advent invites us to trust God's reliability. That what he says about Jesus is true. What he promises about Jesus is true. So we come in faith, even though we, don't, we didn't witness Jesus born or we, didn't witness, or we haven't witnessed Jesus' return. But we come in faith knowing that God has promised and he's fulfilled those promises and God will fulfill the promises that he's made. The second gift is joy. And it's a timeless gift because another group of people that was aware of Jesus' birth were the Magi. Magi were a group of astrologers and magicians, and they were important religious figures in particular courts, and they were looking for the Messiah because they knew of the Old Testament. They knew of the promises that God had made. And so in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, it describes their reactions when they found Jesus. And so this is what it says. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Joy can often be understood as happiness, which it is, but joy is something a little bit different, and so we're going to tease that out. You see, happiness depends on the situation. Happiness depends on what is happening. And so when we're happy, it's typically because we're experiencing a favorable situation. Something's going right. But there are definitely times where it's hard to be happy because the situation doesn't allow it. I'd imagine it's, not very, it's, it's hard to be happy when we receive a positive COVID test. I'd imagine it's hard to be happy when someone cuts you off in the blizzard we had a couple of days ago. I'd imagine it's hard to be happy if they cut you off and then caused a car accident because the roads are slippery. Happiness is tied to what's happening. Joy is different because with joy, we can experience joy at the same time, difficult situations happening. Joy is an attitude that Christ followers, that Christians adopt based on knowing that there's hope in the promises and in the love of God. Joy is an anticipation of God fulfilling his promises even in difficult times. Joy 
is an inner gladness that we have, knowing that bad things happen, and that bad things are going to happen, but that they will come to pass because God promises better, better things. And joy is a little different from optimism because optimism sometimes might be unrealistic. And so sometimes when we're optimistic, we're looking to see what is the best. And sometimes that might, you know, we might get a little bit of what's good, but we might not get all of it. Joy promises us that we will get the best. You see, the Magi, they experienced joy because they knew something special when they saw Jesus. They knew that a baby might not be able to do a whole lot right now, but that in time, this baby would fulfill God's promise. And so they gave these three expensive gifts, foreshadowing what Jesus would do. Advent gifts us with joy, knowing that God will fulfill his entire promise, regardless of the situation that we're in. The last gift is triumph. Triumph means to be victorious over someone or something. We know our world's broken, our world's defeated. But when Jesus was born, Jesus ushers in healing, restoration, to triumph all the defeat and all the sorrows that we experience. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, the prophecy about Jesus, Isaiah prophesies that Jesus is going to bring a kingdom that will triumph over the injustices and the unrighteousness that they experience. This is what it says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and, un- and righteousness from that time on and forever. Jesus' birth ushers in justice and, ri- and righteousness. There is no end to that. Jesus is triumphant over all injustice and all unrighteousness. There will be triumph of the government and the kingdom during his reign. And again, justice, righteousness will be brought over everyone. Sometimes when we think of triumph, we think of the big triumphs, like graduating high school, graduating college, maybe obtaining postgraduate degrees, a big promotion at work, becoming parents, becoming grandparents, whatever it may be. Triumph comes in small packages and big packages. And I'm reminded in Luke chapter 15, verse 7, when Jesus talks about how there's going to be more rejoicing in heaven when one sinner repents than over 99 righteous people who do not repent. Our God celebrates small triumphs and big triumphs. When we triumph over sin, bad habits, just simply being negative, maybe unhealthy personality traits, God celebrates those triumphs. Our God honors the process of triumph, not just the end result. 
And you see, it's these three things that help us with that process. Faith, joy, and triumph are God's timeless gifts for us. Faith, joy, and triumph are God's timeless gifts for us. Whatever the most valuable, classy, life-enhancing gift that we might experience, don't forget that Jesus is that gift for us already. In our world where instant gratification runs rampant and, and cheap and trendy and temporary thrills that we want to experience or get, doesn't compare to the, to the faith, joy, and triumph that, that's long-lasting, everlasting. You see, life isn't easy. And we need to consider what can get us through it all in order to experience eternity with Jesus. Sometimes we might live on this life support as we move from thing to thing to thing to keep us alive when it's really the faith and the joy and the triumph that we need to have in Jesus to get us through. See, if we take some time and read all the epistles in the New Testament, the letters that that disciples wrote to the churches. The disciples lived each day with faith, joy, and triumph. They focused on eternity. So when they were mistreated, when they were beaten, when they were jailed, they knew that all those things and those tough situations did not compare to eternity. It can be hard for us to see eternity. It could be hard for us to see what our dedication to faith, joy, and triumph could look like. But take a moment and imagine if you were faithful to exercising 30 minutes a day for the next 10 years, what would that outcome be? Or if there was joy and being responsible for finances, what could your finance look like 10 years from now? Some of us, it's hard to see in the future. I have a hard time seeing what's going to happen in, you know, in five weeks from now. And so if it helps, maybe it's worth looking back. Imagine what life looked like 10 years ago, whether you've known Jesus for a day or for a decade, and how much faith, hope, or faith, joy, and triumph has gotten you through. I know 10 years ago, I was nowhere near the person I am today. But thanks to the faith and the hope and the triumph that I've experienced in the church community and with my relationship with Jesus, I've come a long way and I still have a long way to go. And so again, just imagine what the next 10 years could look like with faith, joy, and triumph. Now, as the first verse of the carol ends, the carol calls for the faithful, the joyous, the triumph to come. And it invites us to come and adore Jesus. And so let all of us, wherever we're at, all of us who are faithful, all of us who are joyous, all of us who are triumphant, let us come and behold Jesus who was born King of Angels 
And let us come adore him for the timeless gift that he's given all of us, the faith, the joy, and triumph to continue into eternity. So let me pray for us. And then we're going to take a little time to reflect on what it looks like to adore Jesus. And so let me pray. God, we thank you for who you are. And as we continue to take this month to celebrate and remind ourselves about Advent, Lord, we thank you, about, we thank you for reminding us uh, from the carol, O Come All Ye Faithful, the faith and the joy and the triumph that you impart on the ones who were able to witness the birth of Jesus and how those timeless gifts continue to impact us today. And so in the faith, in the joy, and in the triumph that we have all experienced, Lord, may our response be adoration of Jesus. May we come and adore Jesus. And so God, we ask that in the next couple of minutes here, may the Holy Spirit come into our lives and remind us how we can adore Jesus. We pray and lift this all up in your son's name. Amen.